live from the Caltech studios, it's Arms Room Radio with Mike and his team from the Arms Room. Conceal and carry, gun safety, the law, the latest gear and more. You'll get it all right here. And you can connect with these guys right now. Call the Arms Room Radio hotline, 407-774-8255, 407-774-8255. Arms Room Radio is on the air live coast to coast from the Caltech studios. Now, here's Mike. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio. We promise to bring you all things gun, all the gun time. Looking forward to another great show. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Everybody doing all right? Everybody doing good? Everybody doing yeah. okay? How's good. everybody else doing? Everybody doing else good. doing? Everybody else doing good? Doing good? Good. Good, good, good. 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 Hey, listen, uh, normally on my right would be the right-hand man, the great, 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 great grandson of Daniel Boone. His name is Earl. Dr. Corbett, approved memos, lead a workshop. But Earl's currently at the ISIS Welcome Center out in Orlando, uh, waiting for you know people that want to come in and uh, profess their love of uh, everything not American, so him and the rest of the staff at the Arms Room can deal with them appropriately. Um, if you're looking to get in on uh, what's going on at the ISIS Welcome Center and you want to buy your own firearms and, and uh, you know ammunition, give a, give Earl a call out there at the Arms Room. Check them out, armsroom.com, armsroom.com. You can see them there. On my left. In the about the ten o'clock position for those that are you know graphing this out, he's back. He's with us. He's doing good. He was a little under the weather last week, but this week he's he, all well now. Almost, almost, almost. Okay, he is the uh, he's the lawyer extraordinaire. He is the courtroom assassin. He is the legal ninja. It's Mr. Kevin Maxwell. Thank you, Michael. Next to him. Is his samurai sidekick. Not sidekick like, I can't do things by myself. That's not what we're implying. Uh, he can do things and covers everything all by himself. He is a, not, he's a Padawan learner, but just because. He has not undergone a review by the board. Correct. To be made a master. He's not, he's not Supreme Board certified yet. He's not Supreme Board certified. There we go. There we go. The Supreme Council has what, not. What happens when you go on vacation? Uh, that's, we, you you that's, sit in his desk and with a robe on and drink uh, scotch and smoke a cigar. Yeah, yeah, we know what happens when he goes on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome back, uh, Mr. Alec Weber. Hi. Anything great this week? Anything cool this week? Anything uh, awesome in the world of law that you can, again, change the names to protect the innocent uh, that, that, uh, that you can share? Any, any cool stories? I've been in court every day this week. Nice. <laughs> by myself, by the way. Well, you see, that's because you are capable and a full-time, yeah. you know, 100% lawyer. Bankruptcies, traffic hearings, domestic violence hearings, crash cases, you name it. Nice. Been there, done that. Just a little bit of this, a little, little bit, bit of that. that. Whatever you need, you guys could take care of it. Yeah. Uh, well, that's good to know. Last to week was uh, office-only stuff for me, so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. It's like... Uh... <laughs> he wanted to... Use the smoking jacket. See, so went to use the smoking jacket. I was thinking like uh, painting the walls and taking out the trash, but you like legal stuff, office lawyer stuff. That's I well, get it. And and surprisingly, I was a lot busier than I expected to be, uh, because when my staff realizes that they are not going to be putting me on the calendar for to go to court, they load me up with stuff that I have not gotten around to doing. <laughs> that's administrative. Right. Right. Yeah. No. No. I hear you. Listen, I'm I'm at the I'm at the point where I've got. So much stuff I have to do between, uh, you know, work and getting ready for here and, and, you know, just uh, home stuff, family stuff that 
it's such a load of work in front of me that now I just go, hey, you know what? I'm not going to do any of it. <laughs> just forget it all. Just just put it by the wayside, and uh, if, it, if it surfaces, we'll, we'll get it done. Uh, I used to have a guy I worked with who would uh, go away on vacation, or we'd go away on some sort of mission, and he'd be gone for a week, two weeks, and we'd have no remote access. He'd come back, and there'd be four or 500 emails in his inbox, and he would just delete them all. <laughs> he'd say, listen, if they really want me, they'll, they'll, you know, back. they'll, they'll call me back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I seem to recall that my oldest daughter was that way. She wouldn't answer the phone when somebody called. So why don't you answer the phone? I'm a princess. If they need me, they'll they'll try again. <laughs> yeah, I have that uh, I have that going on also <laughs> with my little princess. Um, hey, listen, we got a great show planned for you today. We got some uh, got some interesting topics going on. We got some interesting topics. Our uh, our good friend, our good friend of the program, Kathy Lanier from the District of Columbia Police Department, has managed to. Bubble and surface back to the top, and we'll be uh, we'll be talking about her again this show. She uh, she's now trying to kill her own officer. She she's a pleasure and a joy that one. She sure is. Uh, we've got uh, you know some open carry stories had, have come up. Uh, uh, you know we we don't we've always talked about on here, and you know that we uh, we support open carry because of the just the proven statistics and, and facts that are out there that open carry means a, a safer environment and and and, and makes you a safer uh, person uh, if you're if you're carrying. Well, we had a story come up that points to that, and then while doing a little more research on open carry, I found somebody that had listed their, what did they call it, the perils of open carry, and I read through them, and I'm like, wow, that's 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 a load of crap. Uh, what's the next one here? Yeah, more garbage. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, there that's, are perils. That's, that's also hooey. Yeah, 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 there are, but this person used their position to try and say that there are perils, and I'm going to tell you why they use their position. You will wear a hole in your pants. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's things like that. Yeah, yeah you, you don't want that. So we're going to go over some some open carry issues, some 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 open carry in the news, and we're going to go over some open carry issues. Uh, we have uh, yeah, yeah, kind of kind of cool story we found here. I think this one, uh, Kevin, you'll enjoy this one. Uh, this is uh, which military sword would you take in the battle? Not, uh, you know, back when you originally went to battle, back in the <laughs> Spanish-American War, when or whatever they, When they were was. still made out of bronze? Yes, that yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But uh, knowing today and what today some of today's military swords are, well, we'll call them long blades. How about that? Because they're okay. technically not all swords, but we'll go with long blades. Are you going to give me some parameters like, am I mounted, am I unmounted? On horseback, I mean. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, listen, that's not, kind of, not that kind of show. What are we talking about here? Um, <laughs> yes. R, 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 R. <laughs> but yes, yes, we'll give you some of those parameters. Yeah, it would do. Um, I've got a list also came up. It was just a weird uh, weird week with some great stuff that come up. And you guys don't have this one here. These are things you don't want to hear when you're working the, the, the front counter at a gun store. Just These are just things you don't want to hear when you're working the front counter at a gun store. And I'm just going to... Let you guys dwell on that one for for a few minutes. <laughs> I've uh, been at the front counter of a gun store, and I have heard some things I yeah, wouldn't want to hear. Yeah, some crazy stuff, some crazy things. Uh, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have Lieutenant Bill, the Chief Law Enforcement Officer of Arms Room Radio, will be on with us. He's actually gonna be uh, helping us discuss Chief Lanier from the D.C. Metropolitan Police Department's newest newest fumble up there. So we're gonna be we're gonna be talking to him about that. And then later on the next hour, uh, we have. Miss Catherine Mortensen from the NRA, spokesperson, spokesperson for the NRA. There was a, there was a poll that had come out. Uh, perhaps you'd seen it. AWR Hawkins uh, did, a, did a story on it. And uh, it's uh, millennial women put gun rights on par with equal pay and abortion access. Hey, wh- what's a millennial woman? 
millennial woman. That's a woman that's over a hundred, I believe, right? No, obviously not. No, it's it's somebody living in the new millennia. Evidently, is what they. Oh, so anybody that's a female and still alive. Uh, yeah. Well, they're probably referring the it to somebody. 2000? Well, they're probably referring to somebody now in the millennia that is just becoming of age, of voting age. Those those women. So people, let's say from women I, from I eighteen every, to everybody 30. over the age of eighteen. Was a, anyone yes. that can operate a phone better than us. Yes. Collectively. Yes. Yes. So probably these would be these those women that eighteen to to thirty. But you know what? We'll find out when we talk to her. Okay. So. Uh, so we got some really cool stuff planned for you. Uh, you know, we got a couple other things on deck. I, I got the New York story if we get to it. If we get to it, it's just it's just a packed show today. We're going to do our best. We're going to see what we can do. It's but, actually a message to our agents behind the lines, isn't it? Exactly right. Hey, listen. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from the Caltech Studios. We'll see you after the break. This is no ordinary shotgun. Not with innovative dual-tube magazines that hold a dozen 12-gauge rounds, plus one in the chamber. And in the one millionth of a second, when innovation ignites performance, the ordinary tactical shotgun became obsolete. Innovation. Performance. Keltec. See more at keltecweapons.com. Hey, Mike, you ready to go to lunch? No, not today. I'm going to get some trigger time in. You're going to the range? Nope. I'm going to train in the environment in which statistics say I'm most likely to have a violent encounter at work. Here in the office? Or at home. Trigger time? How can you have trigger time in the office or at home without shooting up the place? Easy. With my CERT SIRT training pistol from Next Level Training. Shooting paper targets at the range is good practice, but it's not the environment I'm in most of the time. With the rise in workplace violence, I vowed not to be a victim. Besides, I'm here all by myself, so why not? I have my CERT training pistol, and when practicing your draw from concealment, CERT is the safest and only way to go. CERT training pistol. I've heard about them. They look like a Glock, but they don't fire real bullets. Saves you money, huh? Yep, it sure does. How do I get mine? Log on to nextleveltraining.com slash armsroom and order yours today. The safest and easiest way to train in your own environment. Get ready. Stay ready with the CERT training pistol. Go online right now to nextleveltraining.com slash armsroom. Ever want to accessorize your tactical rifle? Then you want the tactical excellence of Gun Tech USA. Gun Tech a family-owned and operated manufacturer of tactical accessories for AR-15, AR-10, and AK-47 style rifles. For nearly three decades, GunTech USA has been producing the finest quality pistol grips, rail systems, scope mounts, slings, compensators, flash hiders, hand guards, iron sights, and more. Check online at GunTechUSA.com to see their vast selection of parts and accessories and to locate a dealer near you. Whether you do your own gunsmithing or you have it done, when customizing your tactical rifle, insist on tactical excellence. Insist on GunTech USA parts. GunTech, a proud supporter of the Second Amendment and friends of Arms Room Radio. Check them out online today at GunTechUSA.com. That's G-U-N-T-E-C-U-S-A.com. GunTech USA, defining tactical excellence for over 26 years. 
Thinking about buying an AR rifle? Maybe for hunting or home protection. There are a lot of them on the market. So why choose an arms room AR rifle? Well, one, they're made by veterans and first responders, people who know what it's like to depend on a rifle. Two, the arms room AR is made with the highest quality materials and standards. Your arms room AR may not ever be used to defend life and property, but if it comes to that, know it'll work right the first time, every time. Shop armsroom.com for their complete selection of AR rifles, pistols, parts, and accessories. That's armsroom.com, where veterans and first responders always receive 10% off. Listening to Armstrong Radio live from the Keltech Studios. Call the Armstrong Hotline right now. 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Now more Armstrong Radio live coast to coast with Mike and the guys in the Keltech Studios. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio. Thank you. In Louisiana this past week, don't know if you guys saw this or not. I want to make sure everybody gets, gets a chance to take a look at this one. This one, was this has started the open carry conversation again for us. I've had a couple of people that we've been talking to about open carry. We've had a couple of, uh, a couple of individuals, a couple of people in the business, a couple of people in law enforcement. We've all been talking about open carry, and, uh, and, and we're just trying to get out. Again, the point about this is, is education. It's about education. Uh, the story is out of Louisiana. A man attempted to steal a gun that was openly carried. So let me let me set the stage for you here. There's a gentleman that's openly carrying a firearm. He has it in Louisiana. Louisiana is one of those states you can open carry. It's in the holster. It's on the belt. And somebody came up and tried to steal it from him. We've given you this scenario multiple times. It's been about uh, 10 years, but it's probably been just what 10, almost 11 now since we've we've started checking these stats in the open carry states, which except for you know a couple of weird little rules in Florida, for most part, uh, there's 40 states that have open carry provisions. And over those 10 years where those statistics have been kept, there's been, we've seen two incidents of crime and they were nonviolent. They were a theft. It was, uh, and it was not theft due to strong arm robbery, which is a violent crime. It was not somebody grabbing and taking and pulling and throwing them to the, da- to the ground. This was literally bad holster or bad holster retention. Nylon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Friends don't let friends carry nylon holsters. Uh, if Velcro is holding your gun in place, you got a problem. Yeah, it's, it's, you're yeah. doomed. You're, you're not an astronaut in the '60s. All right, <laughs> put put yourself on a nice Kydex or perhaps a a leather, you know, a nice molded I, leather holster. I think you hurt Bruce's feelings there for a second. <laughs> uh, and this was this is not what we're talking about. This is this is those stories were nonviolent crimes. This is the first one we've seen of a violent crime was occurred involving an open carrier. Now, I bring up this the, the point of open carry crime statistics to tell you about concealed carry statistics. Everyone of you knows and everyone of you sees every day you get the email, you watch the bulletins on the social media, you see it on the news. Concealed carrier, you know, uh, uh, helps stop store robbery. Concealed carrier, you know, stops burglary in progress. Concealed well, let, carrier. Let's stop you right there. You never see that on the news. Oh, yeah, yeah, never, never, never. Sorry. <laughs> uh, concealed you, carrier. You might see it in NRA Magazine. Yeah, yeah NRA, listen, no, I, I don't know. Uh, I see it a lot. I see it a lot in the newspaper. I still get a newspaper. I have a, I have a bird at the house, so I get a newspaper. Um, so we see we see see it in the newspaper a lot. You see it on 
Uh, you see it on the news. It's 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 usually that that story. It's not the first story. It's not the breaking story. It's, it's the eighteen twenty second story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you it's know, like, you, let's sweep it under the rug. Right, right. And you and you hear about this all the time. Concealed carries, and it's about once a week. I, I would say I hear those stories, and, and that's not the statistics, but it's once a week I hear about it. So if that's all we're hearing about it, how many more times is it occurring? If that's all that's reported, and again, you and everybody in this room and everybody sitting at home knows people that have been a concealed or known somebody that's a concealed carrier, they were confronted with some sort of violence or some sort of criminal activity, they exposed their firearm, and that ended it. No reason to report it. Don't feel like messing around with the police all day, and they went on their way. I, I say report it to the police because you don't know what's going on before or after that. But there's plenty of people out there that don't. Report that to the police. Now they do their thing and they go on about their business. Exactly right. Exactly right. You know, problem solved, move along. Yep. And if you ever discharge your firearm, don't just go on about your business. Yeah, listen, you discharge, <laughs> you better wait that's, for them to get there. That's yeah. not a good idea. Yeah, exactly that's right. That's not a good idea. Well, in Louisiana, this is the first one where we know of a, a violent crime that occurred uh, involving an open carrier. Someone tried to steal the firearm from the man that was open carrying. And then a, a struggle ensued. Well, my understanding is that the the unarmed. Well, go ahead. The 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 man that was unarmed tried to steal from the armed man. Right. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> CBS News New Orleans is reporting that a disgruntled customer was shot and killed after he tried to take an openly carried gun from a man who followed him outside to record his license plate number. Uh, the article says we got a call around 10:15 a.m. this morning. This would have been on Wednesday. What we call a dispersed subject. Apparently, the store was having a problem with the customer. The police captain said they were asking that law enforcement come and remove the subject. According to the Mandeville police, the victim later identified as a Sean Breland of Folsom was inside the store. And after buying something, he began berating the clerk. Clerk ordered him to leave the store, but he came in and out several times. He kept coming in, kept coming back. Another man who was inside the store and carried a visible firearm in a holster also tried to de-escalate the situation situation and asked the man to leave. The deceased left but returned. Well, he wasn't deceased at the time. The man left but returned, throwing what appears to be potato chips at the clerk. The shooter then follows the man who shot the... The, the, <laughs> yeah, the man Breland yeah. out to the parking lot. Uh, he followed the man out to his, to get the license plate off the car. He saw. He said, okay, listen, I've seen this woman has called the police. This guy is obviously in here threatening her, even though he's threatening her with potato chips and he's being a, a general you know, nuisance and a, and a butthead. The police are on the way, and, and this guy has already gone outside to, to get, uh, I don't know, I guess he had, keeps potato chips in his car, and he came back inside and started throwing with the clerk and berating the clerk. He goes back outside again, so the guy inside that was open carrying says, I'm, you know what, I'm going to go outside and I'm going to get the guy's license plate number. That way, at least when the police get here, we could say... This is where he is. This is his license plate number. Uh, when he went out to check in, on the guy's license plate number, this Breland exits the vehicle and sees he, the guy he, writing it down. Yeah, down. sees him writing the license plate number down. So he jumps out of the car and, it, and jumps on the guy with the open carry, with the, with the gun in the holster. See, and that's why I don't like them calling yeah, Breland it's, the it's, victim. It's, right, right, it's right. not. Yeah, a, it's, it's not. Yeah. It's not right. He's the uh, attacker. It's a matter of perspective. So the uh, the gentleman that was open carrying after he gets jumped, he, he first he secures his weapon. The guy continues to to uh, to batter him, to assault him. 
And the guy finally pulls the gun and says, hey, you know, get lost. You know, get away. The guy with the gun, the good guy with the gun, backs up. He retreats. He goes back to the store. The Breland, uh, Breland the, the, the suspect, continues to follow him. There's a video, and it shows the deceased, who is larger than the shooter, physically shoving and pulling him back and forth. The video also shows him attempting to grab the firearm. The shooter, the victim here, orders the deceased person back and told him he'll shoot if he doesn't stop. This is on the video. He retreated into a corner of the store while being attacked. Literally got backed into a corner. Yeah. With nowhere left to go, he fires one shot, striking the suspect. Boom. Dies there on the floor. Uh, he, oh, I'm sorry. He shoots the one. Shoots once. It doesn't stop the attack. He shoots him two more times, and then he falls to the ground. According to the article, the man who fired the shot is a concealed carry and self-defense instructor. Okay, this is a concealed carry instructor. This is an open carry uh, citizen. He's a self-defense instructor. This guy did everything. This is, Kevin Alec, you could tell me, you know, this is not a case of when you're in court and, uh, well, he struck me. I was in fear for my life, so I, I hit so him. I him Just so I shot him in the kneecap. Yeah, <laughs> this was, I, listen, this guy retreated back across a parking lot. He retreated into a store. He retreated into a corner and continued to be physically assaulted. He shot until one he, shot to see if it would yeah, even stop him. Yeah, exactly. This is This is not a case of, I, you know, I shot the guy because uh, we had a verbal argument. This is this is is this sounding like a justifiable use of force? The video showing the attack is going to be paramount in the decision the state attorney's office will use whether to. And if it shows him being, if the apparent possible injuries to the shooter were such that that you could articulate or uh, an average person could review that video and say that person has reason to either be in fear for their life or serious bodily injury, then they're going to not face any charges. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you've got to be able to explain that. You've got to be able to be able to say that. Sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and this is one of those things where, listen, it's kind of one of those catch-22s. You train. We all train. You carry a firearm. You train to carry that firearm. When you train... With that firearm, you become more confident with that firearm, you become more confident in your abilities, and you, and you know what your, your capabilities are. This guy clearly knew that he was capable of, of, of defeating this guy and did everything he could to stop it. But here's the problem, like Kevin, you were just saying, with you have to articulate your fear. You have to be careful not to say things like... I've trained too much, so I wasn't scared. I've, I've trained so much, I wasn't scared. You can't say that. You have to say... I trained so much that I knew how to, uh, you know, prevent myself from becoming a victim. When he prevent, presented me with right. this, I knew I was, how to keep my cool enough, but I was still scared. For I was, I was still in fear for my life. Exactly. You got to make sure you word it right. You have to make sure. And yeah, you know, we're not telling tried, you to lie. We're not I, saying lie. I tried to run away. Absolutely. And he wouldn't Absolutely. let me. So, be careful with that. Again, you know, we, we know of two other incidents with open carry. Those are nonviolent incidents. This is the first one we know that that included uh, violence. So, uh, you know, when they say open carry and uh, gets uh, has more victims and causes more crime i I'm, I'm sorry that's those those facts don't match up they don't stand they don't they don't meet muster um so that's uh it's not true listen we're going to come back we're going to we got uh, lieutenant bill is going to be on the line with this we're going to be talking to him with uh, or him about 
Chief Lanier and some of the actions up there. I'm going to try. I'm going to try and nail him down too on a little open carry. We've got some more open carry issues to go over after we get done with Lieutenant Bill. It's a, like I told you about the story about the perils of open carry. I'm going to use this past story in Louisiana to show you how these perils of open carry are a bunch of crap. Uh, Lieutenant Bill, Chief Law Enforcement Officer of Arms Room Radio, and we get back. You listen to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from the Caltex Studios. We'll see you in a minute. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the Caltech Studios. Call the Caltech Studios online right now. 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Now, more Arms Room Radio, live coast to coast, with Mike and the guys in the Caltech Studios. This segment of Arms Room Radio is brought to you by GunTech USA. For tactical excellence, check them out online at GunTechUSA.com. That's G-U-N-T-E-C-U-S-A.com. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio. Alec just got back in the room. I just got to let you guys know this. So you could probably hear him. If you can hear him, he's breathing heavy. He evidently ran, really ran up and down the stairs to the bathroom. Had to, uh, to, uh, had to get the blood flowing. Get the old blood flowing. He was, uh, he was napping. And the bladder, napping the first segment. Bladder flowing. That wasn't on the stairs, though, was it? That wasn't... I don't know. No, okay. We'll find out later, huh? All right, all right. Keep in mind, he's had a large coffee and three waters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. the past 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. pounding them. Yep. So, um, welcome back, Alec. Thank well, thank you. you. Thank Hydrate you. or die. Hydrate <laughs> yeah, or die. Right. Um, hey, uh, on the line with us, we have Lieutenant Bill. Lieutenant Bill is the Chief Law Enforcement Officer of Arms Room Radio. How are you doing today, Lieutenant? Gentlemen, gentlemen, how are is everybody doing? We're doing good. We're doing good. Hey, listen, before we get too much into this, i got a question for you. Yes. What military sword would you take into battle? What military sword would I take into battle? Yeah, think about. It. I mean, we've got, you know, I don't need an answer right now. You can get to me at the end of the. Uh, you got to set end some of the parameters. Segment. Well, I'm just curious if he had one off the top of his head. Some people do. You know, I, you know, I'm, I'm a long sword guy. I'm a machete guy. Uh, I'm a, you know, off the top of my head, I'm sorry. I, I would have to take the cavalry saber. There we go, cavalry saber. There we go. Thank you, thank you, Lieutenant yeah, Bill. He, he would just like that. He would. <laughs> <laughs> cavalry saber. That's the only thing he's been trained on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Okay. Hey, um, did you get a chance to? I'm sure you did because you pointed it out to me. Uh, you see this story coming out of the uh, DC? <laughs> yes, yes, I did. Sadly, sadly, so. It's, it's kind of uh, fitting because last week Lieutenant Bill was off at the academy doing some teaching, and 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 then here's a perfect instructor issue that come up in the in the police world. So go go right ahead, sir. The microphone is yours. In, in DC, we had uh, a 30 year veteran sergeant for whatever reason, thought it would be a great idea, grabs grabs an officer, says, uh, go over there, empty out your weapon, uh, clear it, make it safe, put it in your holster, and what I want you to do is I want you to walk in a roll call uh, where there's 20, 30 other of your brother officers who, by the way, uh, are, are fully armed, uh, rounds in the chamber, ready to go, and I want you to walk in there, I want you to pull your, your empty duty weapon out, and I want you to pull it at them, and I want you to dry fire your weapon at them uh, as many times as you can. And this is going to be a training exercise on situational awareness and active duty, uh, uh, active duty uh, or active shooter training. Uh, and this officer, uh, okay, Sarge, 
never thinking that, A, uh, this is an illegal order, uh, B, this is a bad idea, yeah, a, because what would I do in this attempt. situation, uh, and, and, and does it, uh, which leads to a, a whole bunch of uh, problems when the officer goes in there and does it. Uh, allegedly, there's one officer that is hospitalized due to stress because his brother officer in uniform walks into roll call, pulls out his weapon, and starts, for lack of a better term, starts firing at, at him. Uh, but the weapon doesn't discharge. Uh, bad idea all around. Uh, now, the, the D.C. chief, uh, who we all have various opinions about, uh, is trying to back away from this and try to downplay and, well, you know, there's, there's a lot of different versions of this coming out. Why don't we just, everybody just calm down and let's, let's, let's wait until we get what actually happened. Yeah. She's, uh, she's clearly never heard the, uh, the phrase, uh, captain of the ship before, you know, she's, yeah. she, she's laying blame down with everybody else here. And this is, uh, yeah, listen, you set the command. If you, as the boss, you set the command atmosphere. You know, the only reason this kind of thing happens, it, this wasn't a one-officer isolated incident. This is a senior supervisor with other senior officers in a patrol room. The only reason this kind of thing happens in your agency is because that's the command atmosphere you've set forth. Yes, this is, this is the environment that you have allowed to, in my opinion, that you've allowed to fester yes. uh, within, your, within your command structure. I mean, th- this is a, a 30-year veteran supervisor that thought that, hey, this is going to be a great idea. Yeah. Let me do this. Uh, this is something that is that in in my almost 30 years of, of law enforcement experience that you do not do outside of a training environment. Uh, and as you and I have talked during the week, this segued into something that happened this morning out in Chandler, Arizona. Go right ahead. Uh, yep. You had two Chandler... Uh, I believe two Chandler PD officers uh, get called to a trespassing uh, call at their local Walmart. Uh, now these officers are in the in we in law enforcement use the the green yellow red mentality. They're you know they're out there they're in their green mentality. They get the call uh, of, a, of a trespasser, somebody who's been uh, trespassed from this Walmart many many times before. They go to yellow. They get their call. Okay, heads up, we're going to this call. Uh, they walk right through the doors of the Walmart and immediately come under fire from this tres- uh, trespasser. Immediately go to red. One of the officers is shot in the face. Uh, they're in that active shooter scenario, exactly what happened in D.C. The officers immediately respond to their active uh, shooter training. They return fire. Bad guy is dead. Directly corresponds to what happened in D.C. Now, what if one of those brother officers in D.C. had reacted to what happened in Arizona? I think the only delay in D.C. and why that officer in D.C. isn't dead is because he was wearing a police uniform. And he, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and even then, I mean, if there's and there's been incidents of you know workplace violence where where every once in a while you know an, an officer would would do something like that. Um, it's been they're very rare. Uh, you know, and, and, and the cops in the room knew this guy and, you know, maybe they knew this officer or, you know, her a few minutes beforehand and, you know, that, you know, so they could judge her a little bit better, but that's a really, really hard decision at at a minimum. 
I don't know why that person that was pulling the trigger and it was and it was clicking and, and listen that doesn't mean to me that this is a training event that means to me you tried to kill you me mis- but you, you, have, you but, have a bad weapon you have a misfire yeah you had a misfire at a minimum you're getting you're getting pummeled by ten to twenty people you're getting jumped on you're getting taken Absolutely. to the ground and they're going to pull you apart one limb at a time LAPD swarm style you know this yes. is. I don't know how that doesn't happen. I don't know what what happened here. So the L- or to the the uh, Metropolitan uh, D.C. Police Department there thinks it's it's okay for that to happen. That well, obviously we know one didn't wasn't okay. He he felt the trauma from it. You know. Well, if this had been a citizen, and they'd walked into that room, <laughs> yeah, and you know what they w- they would have called that suicide by cop. Yes. Yes, absolutely. But you know, either way, this this mentality. Uh, and, and like we said before, this this comes from the top down. Right. How does how is this allowed to happen? I know in every training evolution that we have, when we go into uh, when we're doing active shooter training, officers that go into the training environment are patted down not once, not twice, but three times to ensure there is no live ammo, there are no live tasers, no no live pepper spray, that there are no live munitions whatsoever before you even get into that that training uh, training environment so that there cannot be any uh, any mistakes like that. So why you think it's okay to go into a roll call scenario where there are live weapons, there are live tasers, there there, there is live OC spray whatever it may be, to have a, a reactionary drill, that reactionary drill is going to leave uh, someone dead or someone injured. Or you're going to have, you know, you're in a roll call environment, and we saw with the Prince George uh, shooting yes. uh, where yeah. that, that detective was, was hit by uh, another officer. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Right. No, it's but it happens though. We got uh, we got a minute, one minute left with you, Bill. Um, in this story, and and it, it, just to let people know how close this really came, there was an officer that pulled the firearm out. There was another officer in that room that said, "What the heck is going on?" and pulled the gun from the holster. And you, again, they were like uh, like like it's been reported. There's there's multiple stories there, but at least one officer had the the sense enough to say, "What the heck's going on here?" That off that gun's getting pointed at me and somebody's pulling a trigger, or getting pointed at somebody else and pulling a trigger. Uh, you know, do we have to stop this? Because, like yes. you pointed out earlier, you know, that's not a training event. That's a that's a gun misfiring as far as these officers now. So absolutely, and that's the mentality that they need to have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Bill, thank you for joining us again. Um, we'll get you back on. Uh, hopefully, we we'll see you next week. Hopefully, we we'll get you back on next week. I know you had a busy week last week, and uh, we like having you back as often as we can. And uh, again, just appreciate your knowledge and expertise. Gentlemen, you have a great week. You're listening to Arms Room Radio coming to you live from Keltech Studios. We'll see you after the break. The Keltech PMR30 is no run-of-the-mill 22 Magnum lightweight pistol, not with its unique hybrid blowback system and 30-round magazine. So when you get a rush from that one millionth of a second, when innovation ignites performance, brace yourself. There's 29 more. Innovation. Performance. Performance.
Caltech. See more at caltechweapons.com. Ever want to accessorize your tactical rifle? Then you want the tactical excellence of Gun Tech USA. Gun Tech, a family-owned and operated manufacturer of tactical accessories for AR-15, AR-10, and AK-47 style rifles. For nearly three decades, Gun Tech USA has been producing the finest quality pistol grips, rail systems, scope mounts, slings, compensators, flash hiders, hand guards, iron sights, and more. Check online at GunTechUSA.com to see their vast selection of parts and accessories and to locate a dealer near you. Whether you do your own gunsmithing or you have it done, when customizing your tactical rifle, insist on tactical excellence. Insist on GunTech USA parts. GunTech, a proud supporter of the Second Amendment and friends of Arms Room Radio. Check them out online today at GunTechUSA.com. That's G-U-N-T-E-C-U-S-A.com. GunTech USA. Defining tactical excellence for over 26 years. Thinking about buying an AR rifle? Maybe for hunting or home protection. There are a lot of them on the market. So why choose an arms room AR rifle? Well, one, they're made by veterans and first responders, people who know what it's like to depend on a rifle. Two, the arms room AR is made with the highest quality materials and standards. Your arms room AR may not ever be used to defend life and property, but if it comes to that, you know it'll work right the first time, every time. Shop armsroom.com for their complete selection of AR rifles, pistols, parts, and accessories. That's armsroom.com, where veterans and first responders always receive 10% off. It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. I'm Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. When someone says we don't need that kind of gun, remind them the Founding Fathers determined what rights our Constitution should protect. There's a world of difference between rights and needs. It is not the function of government to tell us what we need or what we don't. Certainly no one needs an assault rifle or a Saturday Night Special, or for that matter, no one needs a Corvette with a high-capacity horsepower engine capable of speeds to 150 miles per hour. But in the hands of honest, responsible individuals, we have the right of choice. We have the right to read books others don't like. We have the right to listen to any radio program we choose. We have the right to dress the way we want to. We also have the right to own firearms of our choice. So the next time someone tells you, you don't need something, tell them. It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. Join the Second Amendment Foundation today so that this message and our Bill of Rights might live. Call 425-454-7012. That's 425-454-7012. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the Keltec Studios. Call the Arms Room Hotline right now, 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Now, more Arms Room Radio, live coast to coast, with Mike and the guys in the Keltec Studios. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio. Hey, I promised you a little bit more about open carry when we were done with uh, Lieutenant Bill there. Not done with Lieutenant Bill, but after Lieutenant Bill was uh, complete with his segment and uh, we were moving on to the next segment. Perils of open carry. This is a story that uh, this is actually about uh, about two years old. But dun, 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 I, I, was, I was reading, you know, I was doing a little research on this open carry. Again, I was trying to pull up some more statistics to, to show you that uh, open carry is something that... Saves lives. It's, it's uh, it, it prevents crime. It uh, it's good for the community. It's good for it's good for the individual. This is this is one of those no brainers. I'm sorry. I keep looking at the stats and you keep looking at the st- statistics and you hear things from people like uh, uh, we had uh, Sheriff Wayne Ivy from Brevard County, Florida. On he's he's looked at the facts. He's taken a look at this and seen 
hey, open carry stops, it halts. You know, this is these are good things. Uh, this story talks about, again, the perils of open carry and what the reason why you should conceal carry over open carry. Now, listen, obviously, uh, I have no issues with the concealed carry whatsoever. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, 90% of the time, we're concealed carriers. You know, uh, those of us sitting in the room here, you know, we, we are big uh, big proponents of, of uh, concealed carrying. But yeah, open carry has 90? its place. Yes. Well, we have to sleep. Yes. yes. I don't sleep wearing a gun. No, I sleep at port arms. Yes. You know, holding, it, uh, <laughs> holding a rifle over my chest and port arms. But, but it's not concealed. No, it's open. It's open <clears throat> carrying. Uh, some of the some of the issues, and and we've argued these away before and just debated them before. I'm going to give them to you again. Open carry will cause hassles with other people and eventually the police. Open carry. I'm going to I'm going to break that up into a, a couple of a couple of sections there. Open carry will cause hassles with other people. Okay, so. Now we're worried about other people's thoughts and feelings again because I thought we were done with that. This I, is, I thought this is this is America in right. the 2000s. We are worried about other people's thoughts. I, I thought now that it's okay have to you, figure out which gender you want to be, you could go into that bathroom, and you're not worried about offending other people. You're worried about doing what you want. You're you're not worried about doing what makes other people uncomfortable. I thought I thought that's where we were right now. But no. evidently, when it comes to firearms, you're in the wrong it's if you think that way. Yeah. Everyone gets a trophy. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So, so evidently, open carrying makes other people uncomfortable. Hmm. I wonder, even without today's mentality of, uh, you know, I listen. I'm, I'm a football player, but I wear a tutu, so I'm going in the little kids' girls' bathroom. Even though we think that's okay in some some parts of the nation now, we shouldn't think like that with firearms. So if I wear my firearm, it's gonna make other people uncomfortable. That's you know, that's, Are they going to have a guns-only bathroom? Yes. Yeah. Sure. Why not? You know, we could we could uh, we could demand one. Uh, eventually, the police. Let's say you know what. Before we even get to eventually, the police. If there is one way we could help dispel people's fears about people that are open carrying, I wonder what would that be. I wonder what that would be. Oh, I know. How about through education? How about through? Hey, listen, I'm sorry you have this unfounded fear that a firearm will go off while I'm on the treadmill or while I'm in the pool swimming, but why why can't we educate? Why can't we promote? Why can't we why can't we show people? That's what we have the open carry events for. That's why you have the education. That's why you have the flyers. That's why the websites are set up. What's the problem there? How is that a peril? I'm sorry I don't think it is. I think this is this is a concealed carry. Well, educating uh, people is dangerous for the government. Yeah, true. This is, and we'll get to the author when we get to the end of the story, uh, and give you his background. This is this is an issue that the author has. This is not an issue that is real. Uh, the, also, this says, "Well, open carry will cause a hassle eventually with the police." You know what? Same response. Education. Officer, know the law, which is a very good thing. If you're a police officer, you should know the laws and stay up with the updates. That doesn't always happen. <laughs> it, 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 it does not. And listen, a lot of that comes down to not the individual officer. This officer goes in and works his 8-hour, 10-hour, 12-hour shift, whatever it is, go home and relaxes and tries to forget. It's up to the agency to make sure that the continuing education is there and the legal updates are there provided to them either daily through training or, you know, monthly through training. C- command structure, kill everyone you see with a gun. Yeah, yeah. well, that's that's that would be the Pinellas County Sheriff's Office would, in Florida. Sheriff Gultieri. Uh, and, or if they steal a car. Yeah, yeah. well, that's that's this week's this week's incident. 
Um, Opie Carey caused hassles with other people and eventually the police. I think we've, we've hit that one enough. Education. Education and, uh, and perhaps some, some, uh, education. some education, some awareness. Criminals may not be deterred by openly carried guns. They might be insane. Criminally, criminals may not be deterred by openly carried guns. I'm going to give you the same statistics we gave you the first part of this show that we've given you every show leading up to this one when we talk about open carry. Same statistics we talked about with, with Sheriff Ivy when we had him on the program. Look at the numbers of concealed carry firearm encounters. Look at those numbers of concealed carry firearm encounters. They're the publicized ones are weekly. They occur daily. Daily. You have this. So let's say uh, 10 years. Okay, let's go 10 years. So we're looking at, oh, I don't know, what's that, 3,600, you know, just over 3,600, uh, you know, incidents of activity against people that are concealed carry or not people that are against the people that are concealed carry, but people that are concealed carry. And they just happen to be in the room when the, when the building gets robbed, when uh, the robbery occurs. Right. And those people, because they are people that take public safety uh, seriously, are not going to watch somebody be hurt or killed next to them. And they use their own firearm to protect that person. 3,600 over the past 10 years. We went over the statistics. That's assuming one a day. Assuming one a day, which is very, very light. And that's assuming the reported ones. Let's go back to open carry. How many in the past 10 years? Three. Three. Two of which were nonviolent crimes, one which was which was violent. Hmm. Hold on. Let me see here. Criminals may not be deterred by openly carried guns. I don't know. You know what that sounds like to me? Hokum. It sounds like they're absolutely deterred by it. Let me ask you, even if you're not a concealed carrier, if you're not an open carrier... If you decided, uh, you know what, I'm gonna go kick a duck. I'm gonna kick a duck. Are you mad at a duck? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna walk over here and I'm, I'm gonna steal a swan. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna kick a duck. And that duck is is got a gun. <laughs> Are you gonna kick that duck? No. 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 I, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go poke a dog. Are you gonna? I'm gonna just. I feel like poking a dog. Are you going to, you know, go get a little chihuahua on a leash? Or are you going to go find a running lo- loose, rabid Rottweiler and poke it? I don't know that I would refer to open carriers as rabid, running okay. loose Rottweilers. Okay, good point. Am I going to go poke uh, uh, a Rottweiler uh, not I, on a leash? You're going to go 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 poke a trained police dog. Yes, there you go. I'm not going to poke anything I see with a gun. Yes, yes. Just saying. You, you, you don't... Do you reach out and grab a running chainsaw? No. No. Right. No. Why? Because it's it hurting. is inherently, you get alleys. <laughs> it, it's yeah. inherently not a wise decision. Correct. You do not grab something that can defend itself. You ever hmm. wrestle a giant spider? No. You leave the giant spider yeah. alone. Why? Because it's a giant spider. Criminals look at people carrying a firearm that they can see or carrying a firearm, or people that they can tell from their body language or their apparel are carrying a firearm concealed, they're on the leave them alone. They are not the soft target. I want the soft target. This is not the target I'm looking for. Yeah. You're exactly right. You're 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 the bad guy and you have to make a decision. Hey, I'm gonna rob somebody in an ATM. Let me walk up here and oh wait a second, that guy's got a nineteen eleven in a in a retention holster on his waist. 
this is not the path of least resistance. Yeah, I think I'm going to go somewhere else. I think I'm going to go think somewhere I'll else. I'll wait till the, the 70 year old woman yeah. in the Prius exactly with right. the Hillary bumper sticker. So, criminals may not be deterred by openly carried guns. Well, you know what? That is a correct statement because it says they may not. That's right. They may not. They They're, may be insane. Well, yeah, yeah. And they, that very, in one of those instances of yeah. open carry violence, yep. he wasn't deterred. Yep. And it uh, didn't end so well for him. Getting well, your he gun. He was eventually very deterred. Getting your gun taken away is always possible. Yes, it's true. It's also possible monkeys might fly out of my butt. You know? No. Uh, no. Uh, no. Depends on what he eats. It, it as as a general rule, the it's average. It's a Madonna ca- quote, by the way. I didn't just make that up. I want <laughs> the, to average, the average. Well, we never know. That with you. might be possible yeah, yeah. with Madonna. Yeah. Um, but the average person. I'm not going to use your training, right. but the average person might be able to have their weapon taken away from them. It is physically possible. Again, this comes back to education and training. Hey, guys, don't carry uh, a gun in a in a crappy holster. Like you would in concealed carry, you'd say the same thing. Don't carry a crappy concealed gun holster. Same thing applies to open carry. Don't needs, carry a crappy it, open gun holster. It, it needs to be a retention holster. Uh, most people who carry guns have crappy holsters and no weapon retention skills. These are assumptions. Otherwise, there'd be a thousand concealed carry firearms found every week. They just fall on the <laughs> they ground. They would be falling on the They're ground. They're from New York. All right. Uh, the, the background on this is uh, this is from a, uh, a good trainer, a good firearms instructor with a big law enforcement background. A law enforcement officer that had a, lived in a state or works in a state where there is no open carry until very recently. This is one of those things we talked about where law enforcement, until they're educated and they're told, they oppose open carry because in many states where open carry doesn't exist, those law enforcement officers are taught any gun is bad gun. Any gun is bad gun. They're trained that way in the academy. Yeah, exactly right. So, Well, did this take a dent in his concealed carry classes <laughs> as well? No, it usually causes training to go up because more people could carry. They have more ability to carry. They don't have to but conceal. his perception is going to cost you money. Yes, yes. All right, that's the first hour. Thank you for joining us. Please, please remember, exercise your Second Amendment rights responsibly. If you aren't ready, get ready. And if you are ready, stay ready. We'll see hey, you in the next hour. Hey, Gail Shores. From the Caltech Studios, it's Arms Room Radio with Mike and his team from the Arms Room. Conceal and carry, gun safety, the law, the latest gear, and more. You'll get it all right here. And you can connect with these guys right now. Call the Arms Room Radio hotline, 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Arms Room Radio is on the air live coast to coast. From the Caltech Studios. Now, here's Mike. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio, where we promise to continue bringing you all things gun, all the gun time. I uh, had a great first segment, good show, good show. Got a good segment coming up here. Got a great uh, great hour planned for you. Uh, on my right, well, he'd normally be on my right, the right-hand man, the great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandson of Daniel Boone. Please welcome him back via phone on the satellite. His name is Earl. Dr. Corbin, approved memos. Hey, hey. phone's still on your right, isn't it? It is. The phone's on my right, so it works out. I keep the phone okay. on my keep the phone on my right. Um, hey Earl, we, I know you've been listening to the show, uh, sitting there at the ISIS Welcome Center, uh, I, and you gave me a couple of a couple of little tidbits of information, and I wanted to share them with the people out here. First off, your preferred military sword that you would take into battle. 
I think I would go with the uh, Japanese katana. The katana. The katana. You know, I, I, I actually carried the katana when we would do uh, um, green operations instead of, you know, uh, tan operations, desert operations. I didn't use a machete. Machetes, anybody that's used a machete for any length of time knows... Uh, that dulls fast and it dulls quick. A katana, uh-huh. on the other hand, because of the angle of the blade, you can use that, and it's about the same size. I got, you know, I, don't, I didn't get like a eight foot long katana. I got one of those two footers, about the same size as machete. It would fit right down in the frame of the rucksack, same place a, a, a machete would, and then pull that katana out, and that would slice through woods and bushes like you wouldn't believe. So, uh-huh. I agree. That would be my. That would be one of my choices right there. Uh, what else did we have? We you, we were talking about uh, why don't criminals target open carry people and you had an excellent comment on that criminals are lazy they want easy targets that's exactly right listen At least resistance if they wanted if they wanted uh you know to get some money they'd get a job if they weren't lazy you know yeah but uh, but you're exactly right um all right, Earl. I appreciate you joining us. Hey, hey how's things going at the uh, at the old arms room today? How's things at the ISIS Welcome Center? Doing good. Uh, the the uh, the welcome sign is lit. Nice. For all, for all members of ISIS, you know, we do have we have uh, express line, no waiting. Excellent, excellent, uh, excellent. Yeah, we're we're uh, buying gun or we're selling guns. I'm ordering guns to replace the ones that we're selling. Doing all kinds of stuff. So get in on in the boss. Go see go see Earl. Where, Earl, where, where are you at? Where what's the location down there? We are at one nine zero four eight East Colonial Drive. That is the east side of Orlando. Phone number is 407-282-3803. We're open till 7 p.m. tonight. And if you're not... Standard time. There you go. If you're not in Orlando, check them out at armsroom.com. That's armsroom.com. You can see them today. You can see them tonight. You can see them 24 hours a day. You can see everything they got down there. Earl, thank you for joining us. Not a problem. We're trying to hit you up at the end of the show if we remember to, if we don't get get too distracted. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know how you are. Ooh, shiny. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Earl. We'll see you in a little bit. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye. There he goes. That's Earl. On the way out. There he goes. On my left. Three times in one day. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. On my left, the courtroom assassin, the legal ninja. Please welcome him back, Mr. Kevin Maxwell. Thank you. It's called the Kodashi. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought I was like, no, it's courtroom assassin. What are you talking about? I was about? there yeah. when they invented it. Oh yes. <laughs> and uh, over off on my right, the Padawan learner, the samurai sidekick. Please welcome him back, Mr. Alec Weber. Yo. 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 <laughs> That's his preferred sword. Is a yo-yo with little spikes on the outside. Sword. That's his preferred sword. Yeah. Hey, um, we Philippine are going to leave. We're going to leave. We're going to leave. Some, Razor blades. The sword topic off to the side for a few moments. I want to give you some things that you don't want to hear when you're working at a gun store. Should have kept Earl on for some of these. Yo. Should have kept Earl on for some of these. Uh, these are some things that you don't want to hear when you're working at a gun store. Things like, and these these raise a red flag. Listen, there's a lot of things you listen for, like, is this the gun you want? You know, you don't want straw purchases. You don't want, uh, you know, illegals like, you know, going back and forth in your store, people that buy guns that are prohibited from buying guns. Those are clearly things. But things that should raise red flags are statements like, can I buy, like, just one bullet? <laughs> That's not a good thing. You don't want to hear that when you're working at a gun store. Uh, things like, hey, do you know what time the bank across the street opens? That's not a good one. 
Well, it is if, if, they, <laughs> if, if they're it's a cash to... purchase. Well, yeah, if they're, wanting, if they're going to get cash. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. they're buying 10 firearms. Right. But if, they're put, if they've got the gun under their arm already and they're walking out, <laughs> that's not a that's not something you want to hear. Could you load that for me? <laughs> I need more than one bullet for this one. Yeah. Uh, speaking of bullets again, hey, you got any bullets that'll go through a bulletproof vest? <laughs> you know, like the cops <laughs> wear? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's a bad one. Yeah. That's a bad one. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah, absolutely not. And uh, smile and look at the camera, please. <laughs> or, 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 or yes, I do. They're they're the these with the funny crimp on the top. They're the yeah. special funny crimp bullets. Yeah, use these. Yeah. Do you have those, any? Those would be blanks, folks. Be blanks. Do you have any phased plammer rifles in the forty watt range? That's not fair. No, the I'm answer to that would be no, sir. Just what's on the shelf. Just what's on the shelf. Exactly. And you have to play it perfect line. That's right. You just say no, sir. Hey, yeah. buddy. Just what you see on, on the, the shelf. shelf. And 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 they'll get it. Uh, things you don't want to hear when you're working at a gun store, or if you happen to be standing in the gun store. I'll need a few more magazines for that, though. Let's see who gets laid off today. Bad. No, that, that's, bad. That's, that's no, 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 bad. no, 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 no. Yeah. While that, he's delivering your mail. Yeah, at that point, you you should be dialing 911. Yeah. You should be Well, let me see. What, let, let, wait, wait right there. I'll send someone to the back to see uh, yeah, what on. I've got. Hold on a second. Hold, hold on for a second. Exactly right. Well, we got a shipment in, but I'm going to have to go pull it up in inventory. Yeah, yeah. Give so me just a couple of minutes. Wait here. I know that's, that... that's when you want to press the button that locks the entire inside of the building. <laughs> press press the red in button. The showroom. We had uh, you, we all we all know the our former employee. Uh, we've talked about him many times on here. Our, our Jeff that used to work at the arms room. Jeff wanted the buzzer on the door. He wanted to be able to push the button and lock the door. Not unlock the door. Not unlock it. He wanted to be able to push it and lock it. That's right. That way, if somebody came in and tried to rob the place, he'd push the button and start laughing at them. <laughs> You're you mine that now. Wrong rec room, buddy. <laughs> uh, things you don't want to hear when you're working at a gun store. The voices say, I want that Remington pump action. Not Unless you have a family that are called the voices. <laughs> you're exactly right. right. Hey, do I need like an ID to buy a gun? Yeah, no. Yeah, you do need like an ID, yeah. Um, hey, I need something for deer. Yeah. A deer. A cheating, no-good slut of a deer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's going to be a bad weekend. <laughs> well, this you just call me. I'll solve yeah. that problem. Will this pistol show up on a metal detector? <laughs> not, not, not something you want to hear. Hey, do you have a scope for this? These meds make me too loopy to use iron sights. <laughs> um, yeah, you're going to fail the questionnaire. I need a what to buy a fully automatic weapon, but I'm law enforcement. I'm on the SWAT team. You'd be surprised how many people in the law enforcement community don't understand the National Firearms Act and the Class 3 laws. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. by that at all. I've given that educational class on the side of the <laughs> road before. Can I rent this for a few hours? No, 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 no. And then finally, is this, this is a big one. Is this easy to convert to full auto? I just got to do a little filing, right? <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You never want to hear those things. All right, you're listening to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from the Caltech studio. If all goes as planned, Catherine Mortensen from the NRA will be with us when we get back. This is no ordinary shotgun. Not with innovative dual-tube magazines that hold a dozen 12-gauge rounds. Plus, one in the chamber. And in the one millionth of a second, when innovation ignites performance, the ordinary tactical shotgun 
became obsolete. Innovation. Performance. Keltec. See more at keltecweapons.com. Hey, Mike, you ready to go to lunch? No, not today. I'm going to get some trigger time in. You're going to the range? Nope. I'm going to train in the environment in which statistics say I'm most likely to have a violent encounter. At work. Here in the office? Or at home. Trigger time? How can you have trigger time in the office or at home without shooting up the place? Easy. With my CERT SIRT training pistol from Next Level Training. Shooting paper targets at the range is good practice, but it's not the environment I'm in most of the time. With the rise in workplace violence, I vowed not to be a victim. Besides, I'm here all by myself, so why not? I have my CERT training pistol, and when practicing your draw from concealment, CERT is the safest and only way to go. CERT training pistol. I've heard about them. They look like a Glock, but they don't fire real bullets. Saves you money, huh? Yep, it sure does. How do I get mine? Log on to nextleveltraining.com slash armsroom and order yours today. The safest and easiest way to train in your own environment. Get ready. Stay ready with the CERT training pistol. Go online right now to nextleveltraining.com slash armsroom. Ever want to accessorize your tactical rifle? Then you want the tactical excellence of Gun Tech USA. Gun Tech a family-owned and operated manufacturer of tactical accessories for AR-15, AR-10, and AK-47-style rifles. For nearly three decades, GunTech USA has been producing the finest quality pistol grips, rail systems, scope mounts, slings, compensators, flash hiders, hand guards, iron sights, and more. Check online at GunTechUSA.com to see their vast selection of parts and accessories and to locate a dealer near you. Whether you do your own gunsmithing or you have it done, when customizing your tactical rifle, insist on tactical excellence. Insist on GunTech USA parts. GunTech, a proud supporter of the Second Amendment and friends of Arms Room Radio. Check them out online today at GunTechUSA.com. That's G-U-N-T-E-C-U-S-A.com. GunTech USA, defining tactical excellence for over 26 years. Thinking about buying an AR rifle? Maybe for hunting or home protection. There are a lot of them on the market. So why choose an arms room AR rifle? Well, one, they're made by veterans and first responders, people who know what it's like to depend on a rifle. Two, the arms room AR is made with the highest quality materials and standards. Your arms room AR may not ever be used to defend life and property, but if it comes to that, know it'll work right the first time, every time. Shop armsroom.com for their complete selection of AR rifles, pistols, parts, and accessories. That's armsroom.com, where veterans and first responders always receive 10% off. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the Keltech Studios. Call the Arms Room Hotline right now, 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Now, more Arms Room Radio, live coast to coast, with Mike and the guys in the Keltech Studios. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio. You know, sometimes the show just flows right along, and we just, you know, I look down at the clock, and mm-hmm. how is it that late already? It's because we're having so much fun. How are we, how are we able to, you know, get through this at, at such a speed? You know, we're gonna we're running we're running out of time. We need more time. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to see the suits about maybe getting some more time. We'll find out. We'll find out later. Uh, on the line with this, I have you guys. Uh, she's been on with this before. You guys, uh, you know her well. The Miss Catherine Mortensen from Media Liaison from the National Rifle Association. Catherine, how are you doing? Hi, Mike. Great. I'm doing great. Thank you very much. Excellent, excellent. We we really enjoy having you back on. Thank you for coming back on with us. It's my pleasure. Thank you. 
Hey, I, I got your email earlier this week uh, with with a certain poll uh, with millennial women and gun rights, and and I found I found those those facts pretty pretty interesting. This was written by A. W. R. Hawkins. We know him also, uh, but this poll there are a lot of other things surprised me in there. What did what did you notice from this poll? Well, what we found very interesting at the NRA is that young women, so they looked at millennial women, they rank protecting their gun rights right up there with equal pay and some of the other things like income inequality that you might expect from these young millennial women. But I don't think most people would expect that young millennial women are that into their gun rights. But apparently they are. It is one of their top priorities. And going into this election, it's, it's a critical election. Hillary Clinton is out there yeah. really, really bashing gun rights. And she's made that a central theme of her campaign. And I think she's going to be very shocked. That, I mean, perhaps that's one of the reasons why these young millennial women are not voting for her, is because they're not, that message is not resonating with them. Young women want to be able to protect themselves. And it's that sort of feminist ideal that is, is, is very much important to that generation of women. And that's something that we share with them. And members of the NRA, people like yourself who are gun rights advocates, we share that with them. And it's, I think it's a surprise to some people because especially, you know, Michael Bloomberg has been out there with his money and all of his gun control groups. And they've very much been courting women, trying to make this a, a women's issue. The, the gun control is something that women should support. But the truth is, is these young women are rejecting those gun control themes, and instead they're supporting their right to protect themselves. Yeah, and I think it's an education issue with them. I mean, not all of these women, from again, reading through the, the, the poll here, not all these women are, are even firearms owners, but they still want that right protected. That's right. You, you, you're right about that, Mike, because a lot of people, they may not necessarily own a firearm, but they want that right protected if they ever choose to use it. And we tell people who are gun control advocates or people who don't share our view on the Second Amendment, I say, I can respect your view. If you don't choose to own a gun, I can respect that. But also choose that I might have a right and choose to, or, you know, you have to respect my right if I choose to exercise that Second Amendment freedom. It has to go both ways. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, again, going through the poll, looking at this, this is not a, uh, you know, a, a young uh, white woman's uh, point of view. This is not a, uh, a conservative's point of view. This is this is all through the board here. They have, they have the people supporting the gun rights there. It's from the numbers. It's uh, it's whites. It's blacks. It's Hispanics. It's liberals and liberals. The numbers are a little bit lower, but it's still there. Liberals and moderates and conservatives. This is this is one of those. Everybody's got numbers here. You know, this is something that uh, they they all see as important across the board with the with the younger women. That's that's exactly right. And so I think this is going to make it difficult for Hillary Clinton if she does get the nomination, which it looks like she will. When she goes into a general election and she has to face the cross section of voters, not just that very liberal base, she will be shocked. It seems to me to find out that women voters are not on board with her gun control message. They're just not. And I I, I think that any candidate who has been running on that gun control message will do so at their own peril. Yeah, absolutely. And and like you said, this is uh, definitely, definitely going to affect uh, uh, Ms. Clinton there. She, from again, the poll says there's 45% of millennial women say they're more interested now in the presidential election 
than they were in 2012. And this is not, you know, people that have just become of age. This is this is 18 to 35, 18 to 36. So these are people that have been voting for for 10, you know, 10, 20 years already or 10, 15 years. Now they're more interested in, the, in these issues. It's it's a big issues, big issues type type of election. You're right, Mike. And you're good to point out that these women are up to age 35 because I work with a lot of women at the NRA who um, are mothers with young children. And that's is a priority for them, to be able to carry a firearm to protect themselves and their children. Women today don't want to have to rely on a spouse or a neighbor or somebody else for their self-protection. They want to be able to defend themselves. Yeah, absolutely, and and, and you're you're right. Uh, you know, the Hillary will will definitely be taking that away. Uh, her her daughter came out this week, and I, I believe the quote from her was, "Don't worry, my my mother will fix the Supreme Court, and we'll be rid of guns." Fix the Supreme Court. Yeah, yeah, it was. Is she it was, FDR? It was, well, yeah, it was pretty, 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 uh, pretty bold. Her little statement there that she came out, and I'm sure mom was probably shaking her head. You know, that's what she's going to do, but don't go saying it. You know, right, right, Chelsea. Right, right. You know, come, don't, come don't on, be saying on. that. Our backroom conversations yeah. are just that. Right. That's what in politics, sometimes they call that a, like a faux pas when, when you're too <laughs> honest and you, you release the truth. Oops. And that is the truth. And we know that. We know that Hillary Clinton, if she becomes president, she would put someone on the Supreme Court who does not support the fundamental right of an individual to protect themselves with a firearm. And that's why this election is so critical, Mike. Yeah. It, 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 say what you will about what's going on on the Republican side. The NRA has not endorsed anyone. At this point in the process, um, but we will be endorsing when it gets to the general. Right. And, you know, I don't know who will be on the Republican side, but I can tell you that we will not be endorsing Hillary Clinton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that that one we we're calling it. We're calling that right now. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Hillary, Hillary not supporting Hillary. We're going to call that one right now here on the program a couple months ahead of time. Exactly. <laughs> We've got a prediction. <laughs> Um, hey, Catherine, what else is going on? Anything else up news there at the NRA? I know we got the NRA show coming up next month in uh, Louisville. Uh, yes, that's going to be, yep, uh, Louisville. It's going to be May 20th to the 22nd, Louisville, Kentucky. It's going to be our biggest show ever. We're super excited about it. We will have some of the presidential um, candidates there. Donald Trump will be speaking to the group, and we're excited to have him there. The governor of Kentucky will be speaking and we have a great day on Sunday where it's called Youth Day, Youth Family Day, where we have activities and set-aside rooms just for young people and their families. And that's always very popular because Sunday tends to be um, the slowest day of the show so that there's not as many crowds. And it's a great day to come with your family. And I don't know how far of a drive Orlando is from Louisville. It, it may not be. Is it, is it, even, is it doable in a day? get from Orlando over there? Seven, I, was, I was stationed at Fort Knox. Uh, it can be done in 10 and a half hours, uh, but it's usually about a 13-hour drive. Oh, that's, that may be too far, but you have listeners from all over. Yeah. So, yeah, if anyone's even close to uh, Louisville, it's, it's a fun time. Um, I've been now to several of the shows, and you get to see some of the latest in terms of accessories and firearms, what they're selling, and then if you go to the leadership forum, which is where we hear all the political candidates speak. And that's really a lot of fun. They get you fired up. We have a country concert on Saturday night. We have another one on Friday night. So that's May uh, 20th to the 22nd. And we have everything at one website. It's just the NRAAM.org. So it's the NRAAnnualmeeting.org. And uh, you can get tickets or you can get tickets at the door. But if you're an NRA member, 
tickets into the exhibit hall are free. That's covered as part of your membership. So, yeah, we're looking forward to that coming up in about a month. And then another um, big piece of legislation we are working in Georgia. I don't know if you've been following this. Um, we're calling it the Campus Safety Bill, and it would allow young people who already have a concealed carry permit in the state of Georgia to carry their firearms on campus. So in Georgia, you have to be 21 to have a concealed carry permit. Right. So you're an adult, and we want to open that up so that young people who have a concealed carry permit have gone through the training, have that background, that they can take their firearms onto campus to protect themselves. Because I think we've all seen so many times where those gun-free zones are where the criminals uh, choose to act out their rage and, and their evil. And, and we want to be able to allow people to defend themselves. And anyway, the bill is sitting on Governor Deal's desk in Georgia, and he has had it for several weeks now. And we know that Michael Bloomberg and his gun control groups are lobbying the governor heavily and trying to get public opinion on their side. So we're trying to get the word out in Georgia that this is a good bill that will improve safety for these young people on college campuses. Yeah, absolutely. We've had Jerry Henry on here, the uh, the, the, the current uh, boss there at Georgia Carey, uh, several times we're talking about campus carry, and uh, we're obviously supporters of it. Uh, you know, the the thing I always like to point out is when the Bloomberg and the, and the crazy moms against everything get out there and they talk about this, they make it sound like these are, you know, they're letting, uh, you know, 13-year-olds carry guns in middle schools. This is this is not the case. These are, these are, are adults exactly carrying firearms right. at their school. Time and again, these doomsday scenarios of wild, wild west right. shootouts, that this is scare tactics, that we have never seen that. We have, we have figures from the University of Utah, which Utah was one of the first states to allow campus carry. All the rates of crime, you know, violent crime, rape, assault, right. all of those figures went down Absolutely. years after they Absolutely. adopted campus carry. Catherine, we, uh, we're running on the clock here. I wanted to say thank you for coming on. We will definitely see you at the NRA show. We're going to be there. Uh, we well, let's keep in touch. I would love to get together with you while you're there. Thank Absolutely. You we'll see you when we get there. Uh, okay. You're listening to Arms Room Radio. Thank you, Catherine Mortensen, for joining us. Check it out at NRAAM, NRAAM.org for the, for, the, for the event coming up in May. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from the Caltech Studios. We'll see you in a minute. Cheers. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the Kiltech Studios. Call the Arms Room Hotline right now, 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Now, more Arms Room Radio, live coast to coast, with Mike and the guys in the Kiltech Studios. The Fallen Hero segment of Arms Room Radio is proudly brought to you by MaxLawOrlando.com. Army Corporal Jason B. Daniel, 21, of Fort Worth, Texas. Army Sergeant Robert Robert W. Aney, 26, of Lexington, Kentucky. Army Corporal Sean T. Laswell, Jr., 21, of Reno, Nevada. Died April 23, 2006, serving during Operation Iraqi Freedom. They were assigned to the 7th Squadron, 10th Cavalry Regiment, 1st Brigade Combat Team, 4th Infantry Division, Fort Hood, Texas. They died of injuries sustained when an improvised explosive device detonated near their Humvee 
during combat operations in Taji, Iraq. Army Sergeant Jason B. Daniel, Army Sergeant Robert W. Aney, and Army Corporal Sean T. Laswell, Jr., you are not forgotten. you want to get hold of Kevin and myself at Max Law Orlando, you can do it a couple of different ways. You can give us a call at the office. It's 407-480-2179. You can reach us on Mike's favorite, the Twitters, at Max Law Orlando. You can reach us on our website. It's maxlaworlando.com. And you can find us on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash downtown attorneys. Thank you, Alec. And thank you again, Kevin. Hey, listen, um, it's, I, I got to get it on my, my, my Twitter's out there today. I've just got to figure out how to get it up on the phone here. Earl's not here, so I got to figure that out myself. Uh, check that out there. Listen, go to armsroom.com. Or no, that's where Earl is now. Go to facebook.com slash armsroomradio. That's what I'm trying to get out. Facebook.com slash armsroomradio. Uh, there, there's, there's a whole bunch of really cool uh, Dalai Lama gun-related um, pictures and memes that are out there right now. I, I did not realize he was a shooter until I saw that. He's listen. He's um he is one with the gun. I'm telling I'll you, just, what, I just say that he's he's, he, he's 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 like master craftsman instructor. Listen, when you when you have when you're at peace with everything, it's amazing the sight picture you get. You know, you can you can hold it steady. You don't have to worry about your hand shaking. He has got the technique down. Something has made him one with everything. He is. In fact, I was talking to uh, Rob Pincus about uh, the Dalai Lama and his shooting skills. And uh, we figured the, the Dolly's a Glock guy, probably appendix carry. I'm disappointed. <laughs> why, why? Why? I don't think appendix carry is prudent. Well, I mean, listen, if you're wearing flowing robes, how about where else are you going to carry it? Shoulder holster. Yeah, I guess, you know what? That might, that might work. That might work. But it's it's hot over there. He doesn't know in pants. How's he carrying an appendix? Well, he's got underwear. I mean, come on. He's not a heathen. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, Shoulder holster. All right, we've been promising you. Miami Vice Rig. Miami Vice Rig. We've been promising you. Which U.S. military sword would you take into battle? This is a, it's a real. Now, that's a. Now, you've, you've changed the rules. No, we're going to give you some. We're going to give you some. We're going to give you some provisions here. We're going to let you get to play along. Uh, the, the gentleman that they asked about this, his name is Sean Rich. You guys, if you've ever seen uh, the. What's what's the Pawn Stars? The guys out there in, in Vegas that we, we've, we've met them a couple times. Uh, if you've ever seen these guys. Uh, Sean's the guy that comes on. He owns uh, Tortuga Trading out there, which is uh, an antique military uh, item. So, so you, you've seen him before. You, you know who he is. the The title of this is which U.S. military sword would you take into battle? All right, Alec wants to take a lightsaber. Okay, that's that's not that's not real. It is no, not in this universe. It might have been in real. my universe. It is. It might have been real a long, long time ago and all the galaxy, galaxy far, 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 far away. away but yeah. it, it's not not here. It, um, Kevin, uh, I, I am going to allow you, it's like I'm ruling, I'm the judge here, I am going to allow you to use foreign military uh, weaponry we, uh, as, as swords, sabers, long blades. We'll actually classify it as long blades. Long blades. Long blades. Long blades. Okay. So edged weapons. Long edged weapons. Okay. Yes. There we go. All right. I'm going to give you a couple on, that are on here first off. These are, the, these are the ones that traditionally would be found in the U.S. military, and I'm going to give you a little bit of history about them also. One, and we heard... We heard Bill say it earlier, and no, he wasn't. He wasn't kissing up. He really wants this one. Yeah, because he's kissing up. He's not kissing up. <laughs> kissing up. Mm-hmm. He's got the gig. He doesn't need to kiss up. Okay. He's he's the chief law enforcement officer of the but program. He, but he doesn't want to get cut. He doesn't want to get Kathy Lanier. Is what you're saying? Right. Doesn't want to make that list. Yes, okay, right. gotcha, gotcha. 
we have the cavalry saber. All right, I have to tell you something about the cavalry saber. You guys know I've I was cav for a very long time, still cav. And in fact, I was born cav, is is, is what we say in the cav. But uh, it's typically a long curved blade with a robust handguard. Uh, cav sabers are durable, heavy, and designed to be used from horseback, where they're most effective. You're slashing, but you can also just hold it stationary, and you're in a, a sense just clipping the ground troops. Momentum of the horse moving forward and the blade striking the target is going to inflict enough damage. Yeah, you're not doing a lot of swinging because it, it is a substantial blade. Yeah, listen, the swinging is maybe moving it from one side of the horse to the other. Yeah, you Care, know, to, careful doing that, too. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you can always, make your horse really mad. Always, if you always go over. Right. Always go over. You'll also lose your reins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not surprisingly, sabers became useless once their length and the user's mount are out of the picture like aboard a ship. Having a long cavalry saber, you would just be inhibited by the walls of the ship, the rigging, the opposition's weapons coming at you. Uh, it would, it would, in a sense, just be rendered useless if you have didn't have it positioned perfectly. Now, I have to tell you something. I've, I've been overseas. I've been on a deployment. I've, I've been to the combat zone. I've served over there. I had a saber with me. I found it somewhere. Uh, this was a fluke. It's not a ceremonial saber. Uh, it, was, it wasn't my, my, my good etched saber. This is a is a half saber, made, factory half saber. It has the same size handguard, same size hilt. It's it's a full-size grip on it. So what you're telling me, you got a Chuck Connors Yes, it's, it's half-length. It's probably about 14 inches you long. You Chuck Connors branded. Okay. If that's what it is, excellent. Yeah. When, he was, when he was expelled from the cavalry, they broke his saber in half. And no, threw it out the door. This is this is factory no, cut. I know, like I know, okay. but that he ground down the point, right. and carried it as a Bowie knife. Okay, all right. Uh, this one stayed in the Humvee with me. It stayed in a position where, if and we had times, the glass had to be rolled down, depending on what kind of vehicle we were in. I was in there early enough overseas that we didn't all have up armors. We rode around in in, in soft skin fiberglass vehicles uh, for a lot of the time, also. So you'd have windows down because rather than have crappy plexiglass explode in your face, you kept it down and you could maneuver your weapons out. That also meant a lot of kids or adults or bad guys' arms tried to come through the window. You that had, would convince somebody to get their fingers out of your face. You had to determine, of course, the difference between just some kid looking for a handout or, you know, some adult trying to get directions uh, as opposed to the bad guy. But this was a knife culture. This is the kind of culture over there in Afghanistan that... You pointed your gun at them or your rifle at them. It didn't really scare them. They they didn't know from a gun. They they you know they knew they knew uh, from uh, gun with the Russians when they were there, but it wasn't something that frightened them. However, you put your hand on your blade as as it sat on your 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 gear, and that would cause them to turn and run. There again, this is the I will cut off your hands and cut off your head if some, if you do something wrong. So when I would hold this blade or put this blade in my hand, that kept that window clear. I kept that window clear, so it was uh, surprisingly effective. Same effect that I had when I pulled the pin on a grenade. Yes. And just hold it in my hand yes. during the negotiations. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, where cavalry sabers fail, that's where the cutlass shines. Cutlass is used aboard naval vessels during boarding actions. Because of the cramped and confined quarters, swords are short and curved. If you, if you picture a, 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 a cavalry saber, this is shorter, and like Kevin pointed out earlier... These blades are, are, are wider. They are. Wider. Not necessarily they, thicker, just wider. They've got to take a strike from things that aren't necessarily other swords. A midshipman's weapons are tend to be more club-like or boarding hooks. So you've got things that have a lot of momentum 
and you may not get a strike straight against the edge of the blade. You may take a, a side strike to the blade or the back of the blade, and it's got to take a real pounding. Traditionally, a cavalry, cavalryman would be using the sword outdoors against uh, other other opponents. Maybe there'd be trees or something involved. In the Navy, you're talking about the heavy oak of the old ships. You're talking about the hatchways on the new ships. You're talking about all the, the decking and the rigging. You're talking about very hard objects, which is the reason for, like Kevin just said, you want a thicker sword that could take a blow. Uh, you wouldn't want to have a little stubby cutlass on horseback, though. The whole point of the, uh, the one having it on horseback is so you can reach down and inflict a maximum punishment. So there in between there is the infantry sword. Now these, again, the cutlass is, is a is a sword. The infantry is a sword. The, 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 the cavalry one is a saber. It meets the, I don't know, somebody's old definition of what a saber was. Uh, an infantryman's sword is, is straight. It's, it's, it's longer than a, than a saber. Excuse me, it's longer than a cutlass, but shorter than a saber. It's lighter also. This is meant for this the is foot soldier. almost a rapier. It's almost rapier, yeah. but it has, yeah. a, it has an edge. Depending on whether this was an officer's Rapiers or an enlisted an men's, this it would depend on whether this was straight or curved. Also, right. um, these could be a, these these are like a very long bayonet coming at you that you have to defend yourself against. Hey, listen, we're going to talk more about what military swords you carry in a battle when we get back. You listen to Arms Room Radio. It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. I'm Alan Gottlieb, founder of the Second Amendment Foundation. When someone says, we don't need that kind of gun, remind them the Founding Fathers determined what rights our Constitution should protect. There's a world of difference between rights and needs. It is not the function of government to tell us what we need or what we don't. Certainly no one needs an assault rifle or a Saturday Night Special, or for that matter, no one needs a Corvette with a high-capacity horsepower engine capable of speeds to 150 miles per hour. But in the hands of honest, responsible individuals, we have the right of choice. We have the right to read books others don't like. We have the right to listen to any radio program we choose. We have the right to dress the way we want to. We also have the right to own firearms of our choice. So the next time someone tells you, you don't need something, tell them. It's the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Needs. Join the Second Amendment Foundation today so that this message and our Bill of Rights might live. Call 425-454-7012. That's 425-454-7012. The Keltec PMR30 is no run-of-the-mill 22 Magnum lightweight pistol, not with its unique hybrid blowback system and 30-round magazine. So when you get a rush from that one millionth of a second, when innovation ignites performance, brace yourself. There's 29 more. Innovation. Performance. Keltec. See more at keltecweapons.com. Ever want to accessorize your tactical rifle? Then you want the tactical excellence of GunTech USA. GunTech, a family-owned and operated manufacturer of tactical accessories for AR-15, AR-10, and AK-47 style rifles. For nearly three decades, GunTech USA has been producing the finest quality pistol grips, rail systems, scope mounts, slings, compensators, flash hiders, hand guards, iron sights, and more. Check online at GunTechUSA.com to see their vast selection of parts and accessories and to locate a dealer near you. Whether you do your own gunsmithing or you have it done, 
When customizing your tactical rifle, insist on tactical excellence. Insist on GunTech USA parts. GunTech, a proud supporter of the Second Amendment and friends of Arms Room Radio. Check them out online today at GunTechUSA.com. That's G-U-N-T-E-C-U-S-A.com. GunTech USA, defining tactical excellence for over 26 years. Thinking about buying an AR rifle? Maybe for hunting or home protection. There are a lot of them on the market. So why choose an arms room AR rifle? Well, one, they're made by veterans and first responders, people who know what it's like to depend on a rifle. Two, the arms room AR is made with the highest quality materials and standards. Your arms room AR may not ever be used to defend life and property, but if it comes to that, know it'll work right the first time, every time. Shop armsroom.com for their complete selection of AR rifles, pistols, parts, and accessories. That's armsroom.com, where veterans and first responders always receive 10% off. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the Kiltech Studios. Call the Arms Room Hotline right now, 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Now, more Arms Room Radio, live coast to coast, with Mike and the guys in the Kiltech Studios. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio. Hey, hey Kevin, let's... Yeah. You got something you wanted to put out there. Let's do it. Let's do it early. Let's do it now, so it doesn't sound cheesy at the end, and we're trying to squeeze it in. You wanted to. I just want to give a shout out to my to my lovely ladies in uh, in Gulf Shores. I have uh, some family that went up for a girls' weekend, and they're all lounging by the pool, uh, sending me pictures of them eating pickles, uh, which is again, this is a family show. Yeah, I know. Very, <laughs> they're sliced pickles. That's oh, the part oh, okay. that okay, gotcha, gotcha. was weird. It's like okay, but. She's eating, so I don't care. Excellent, excellent. These and these are these are these. Your wife knows about these ladies. This is... One of them is her. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Who? See now, that's. I thought it was yeah, something see, else we were talking I about. I yeah. don't do a shout out to to not my wife. That okay, would, yeah, that would. That that would I thought maybe be a death sentence. <laughs> or maybe you pulled all the radios from the house or something and decided to do this. I wasn't sure. N- no, she has a phone, and we're on iHeart. <laughs> <clears throat> Lighter than cavalry sabers. Oh, I'm sorry. We're talking about which military sword, which military long blade would you take into battle with and, you? And with all the ones that I have, she would use them all. Yeah, yeah. If I were. We, we already discussed the cavalry saber. We discussed the uh, the naval cutlass. Uh, the one we're, we're, we're on, uh, one before we went to break, was the, the infantry, the infantry uh, sword. The infantry sword. Now, this is a little bit longer than a cavalry saber. Excuse me, lighter than a cavalry saber. It's longer than a cutlass. They're kind of in the middle. They could be a little curved. They could be a little straight. That depends on, you know, if it's an officer's sword or an, an NCO's sword. Uh, these are kind of, you know, in the middle. These kind of cover everything there. Now, again, you're on horseback. You want the cavalry saber. You want, it, you're going to be boarding ships and be in close quarters. You want the cutlass. It depends on who you're fighting, too. Yes. If they're similarly armed, it's going to be a difference. If they're armored, you may know, you know, if they're they're wearing something... That's going to protect them. Yeah, if you don't they want have these... some training. If they're a zombie, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> gonna it's gonna depend on what it is you're going up against. If they're citizenry, if they're peasants, and they're just a mob, it, it may be something different. If you're going, if this is a duel, you know, it it depends on what your what the circumstances are. I am I am a student of the blade from the lengths of minuscule to a petard. Yep, and uh, that's gonna. Depend on what I decide to use. 
Sabres are great for horseback, like we said. Cutlasses for ships. Infantry for swords. Uh, excuse me. Infantry right. swords are great for, for last stands and whirling melees. Kind of like if you were in a gladiator arena and you were on your feet. But if you were in horseback or riding in the chariot, it won't break. Do you want the saber? Right. You want the saber. Now, Kevin, you started to bring this up. What about what about if it was a zombie apocalypse? Uh, Urukai sword. Urukai. Tell yeah. us what your favorite sword, your favorite long-edge weapon would be, which you would use. It, for the zombie apocalypse? No, for, for uh, anything. Uh, I would... Your GP, your general purpose. Um, that's probably still going to be the Urukai sword, because okay. I can cut things in the jungle like you, you suggested. It's also got a spike on the backside of it that I use... Because I carry one when we go camping, and Des- I can describe it. Describe it, it. It's a it's a straight blade, about two and a half inches wide, uh, three sixteenths inch thick, sharpened on one side with a spike on the opposite side at the very end that comes to a point like a triangle. I use that spike to move logs in the fire, and I've actually made a pair of scissors out of two of them by cutting a hole in one and putting a bolt in it. And uh, they they are an incredibly useful tool. Uh, but they also, the spike is just long enough to pierce the skull of an animal because I've used it to kill raccoons and possums and things that shouldn't be in my dog food. I, not dogs. No, just, no, no. Just, yeah, listen, I have, that, I have that problem myself. Varmints. Varmints. Vermin. Uh, the, the katana. And now let me, I want to go over what a katana is. The katana is the, the Japanese-style uh, let's see, it's mostly straight. I think I call it a sword, it, it, it's right? It's a really good sword, right. but I will tell you that the forms used to fight with a katana cost the lives of many Japanese soldiers when they met Portuguese sailors with cutlasses. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. just, sure. They, those guys with, like, it's their whirling dervishes. You yeah. know, that what you see now with young men and young women who have trained to use the katana in competition right. uh, is is not the way traditional Japanese sword fighting was done. It was very gentlemanly, and there were certain things you weren't allowed to do. Right. Portuguese sailors didn't have rules. This was, I'm going to kill you, or you're going to kill me, and so I'm going to win. And if you take those two whirling dervish and the traditional use of the sword, and you put those together, that's what you see when you see competitions now, where you're looking at someone that looks like they're uh, a living chainsaw. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mentioned this earlier. The uh, I had, as, an, as a young soldier... Uh, we had been issued uh, machetes when you were going through the bush. The, the, the U.S. Army, this is one of my pet peeves with the U.S. Army, always trains for the last war. And this was when, uh, before we'd gotten into desert warfare, we were still training for the jungles. So all the jungle training we went through, you'd, you'd, you'd get issued a machete. And there was a way to mount your machete inside, I think of a backpack, a rucksack. They had the metal frame, the aluminum frame, and then you had your canvas bag on that. There was a way to run it down inside the side of the frame so it wouldn't hit, touch you and have it over your shoulder. So you could just reach back up and over, grab it out like uh, uh, Bruce Willis style with the guns and die hard. You know, you get them taped <laughs> to his back. Remember that? Yeah. It would be kind of kind of that method. Richard yeah. Douglas in, uh, with his shotgun when he was in Bolivia. Yes, yes. Uh, so when Michael, we had to start... Richard, Michael Douglas. Sorry. When we, th- thank you. Um, when we had to start uh, breaking, breaking bush, I mean, you would get to some places we went, you just... You could have 12 guys pushing you. You weren't going through these woods or these, this, this jungle. You had to cut through it. The katana, I found, quite by fluke, had one at the house and, and was was uh, was going was taking down some, some, some snakes and stuff at the house in the yard. Kandashi. Yes. The short one. And used this katana. Now, 
Kevin has since corrected me. A katana is the full size, full length, long yes. one, uh, three foot or so, or whatever it happens to be. Right. The one I had was the two foot katana. You go to the go to the gun show, buy them in the three pack. There's the three foot, the two foot, <laughs> and the one foot. Uh, and I guess they all have different names. They're not short, long, and medium katanas. No. That's not that's not proper. No. I would use the medium one in place of the machete. The machete would be great and sharp for the first three or four whacks. Then after that, you were swinging a pipe. Well, it really good. It didn't cut anything, no matter how sharp you had it. It was like trying to cut I, down trees I, with a with a cue stick. I know what you mean because the gentleman across the street from me, mm-hmm. when I was first moved to Florida, was cutting the sod in his drive in his yard right. with a cutting at it and said, um, I, "I'll go get you." And I went and got him a bush axe yeah. out of my garage and I gave it to him. I said, I, "I'd like to take that and have it looked at." Uh, it turns out that that particular blade was made in 1492. <laughs> He was using it for his yard. Well, I, I brought it back with me, you know, from World War II. And I went, well, it's probably better suited yes. to hang on your wall yeah, yeah, or on yeah. your mantle than right. to be you. Well, no, no, I want to use it for this because he was still mad. Right. He was still mad. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, so this little katana I found worked wonderful cutting through uh, the bush. And it kept its blade. It kept its uh, edge much longer. I don't know. You're you're a blade guy much more than I am. I don't know, you know the angles on the blade. It, everything it kept it longer. It's, and... it's usually the way the blade's made. They're folded steel, and the last two, the first fold is the actual cutting edge. Okay, and they can be as thin as a micron. I mean, there it it is a very very durable, and it's a composite material. It's a harder steel surrounding a softer steel, so the blade's flexible yet rigid. Uh, what you've got in the way of a machete is more of a the blade from a made from a spring of a truck axle. <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever happens to be coming through the, uh, the right. recycling plant right. at that day. Beaten yeah. into shape on the rocks on the shores of a lake in India. Right, right. Um, Alec, uh, you, I mean, I know you wanted the, what was it, the bat left you wanted to use during <laughs> this? Is that what you were going to That's right. That takes like an enormous <laughs> amount of training. It does. does. It does. I've it tried does. to use one of those, and the only person that got hurt was me. <laughs> uh, you know, a whole other class we, we didn't even look at here is... The, uh, the the tomahawk or the axe that you you, you mentioned there when for cutting grass in the yard, uh, <laughs> there's there's a whole designer uh, tomahawk uh, culture out there right now. These from the tactical edge or from the the tactical side of, uh, of of soldier skills, and they all are great and they all have these these cool little features on them. But that's uh, you know some of these are that's a lot of weight and that's a lot of I don't know if I want to be. Actually, cutting anything with a with a four hundred dollar edge. Well, <laughs> you know, yeah, well I'll, I'll tell you though that some of those will disable a car faster than a grenade. Sure, <laughs> I mean we just done. Sure, but again, I think I'd rather fight it out than lose my four hundred dollar tomahawk. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Believe me when I tell you, some of those. Uh, it, I have one that's made by uh, Mr. Winkler, and its grip. Uh, the, both the up, Fonz, Henry Winkler. No, they. Oh. No. Oh, okay. Sorry. Different, Mr. Wilson. It it, it is designed, it has the same grip geometry as a Glock. Okay. When you hold it up near the handle, it's a a blade. Uh, It's very natural swinging, and it's it's designed based on a Filipino design, and and I've taken the class of the guys that worked with him on designing that. And, uh, yeah, I don't want to ever get in an argument with that guy in an alley where he's got a knife. It's, uh, It's, and I'm not bad, but I'll look like somebody dropped me in a Cuisinart. Earl has one made by our friends over at uh, Spikes Tactical. It uh, a tomahawk. It has a compartment to keep a bolt carrier group. Excuse me, a bolt, a bolt from an AR-15. Right. 
It's it's crazy. It's ridiculous. It's, but, but it, you know why? It's awesome, but I don't want to. I don't want to cut anything with it. You know no. why? Because it could break. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And you know right. what? You don't want to have your weapon be the fact that you've tied your hawk to the barrel of your rifle. Yeah, because yeah, your rifle is yeah. not a rifle anymore. All right. I think that covers it. Thanks, guys, for another great show. Earl will be back uh, next week, hopefully. Thanks to uh, Catherine Mortensen from the NRA. Check out the show coming up next month at nraam.org. That's the National Rifle Association annual meeting.org, nraam.org. Thank you to Lieutenant Bill, the Chief Law Enforcement Officer of Arms Room Radio. And uh, you know what? We'll, we'll, see you, we'll see you back here next week. Please, please, remember, exercise your Second Amendment rights responsibly. Get out there and train. If you're not ready, get ready. If you are ready, stay ready. Have a good week and a safe week, everyone. Hi, ladies in Gulf Shore Views, Alabama. <laughs>